all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Say they what is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another off-season episode of the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Bellotta. You can follow me on Twitter, at Andrew Bellotta. And then also, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, at the Who Dat Dis. And we have another jam-packed episode in store for you guys today. We got some news here with the Saints hiring Chris Richard as their defensive backs coach, replacing Aaron Glenn who left to Detroit to be their defensive coordinator. And then also Sean Payton said some very positive stuff about Jameis Winston earlier today. We're recording this on a Wednesday. And look, what Payton said was to me very, very interesting. And it seems like he definitely wants Jameis Winston back into the fold here in 2021. And he seems like he wants him and Taysom Hill to really battle it out and duke it out for the quarterback position here in 2021 for the Saints if Drew Brees doesn't retire. And we all think that's going to happen. And Sean Payton also said you should hear a decision on that within the next week or two weeks. And again, that I thought was interesting too. But really those two main things is really what to me is just was very interesting here from what Payton said. And then obviously the whole news with Chris Richard, who I think is a great hire. So we're going to get into that news. And then also we're going to continue here our season recap group by group. And this this episode, we are going to take a look at the offensive line, which to me is pretty solid. I mean, it seems like the Saints are going to have most of that line returning, if not all that line returning. Everyone's under contract. Nick Easton may retire but or get cut. I think that's definitely an option. But besides him, you should have everyone returning. I think Cesar Ruiz may move to center, and I think that may be a good switch for him. And when he played right guard in college, he wasn't good. It was his worst year when he played right guard. And now I think the Saints should move him to center where he saw a ton of success. So, I mean, if I were the Saints, I would definitely move him to the center position. But we'll get into all of that here, and I do want to start off here with the news. Chris Richard to the Saints defensive backs coach here, and... I think that's really big for the Saints. He called Dallas Cowboys plays in 2018 to 2019, and then he was a defensive coordinator with the Seahawks from 2015 to 2017. So again, he definitely has a ton of experience, and he helped that Legion of Boom. He was the cornerbacks coach and then defensive backs coach for the Seahawks before getting their defensive coordinator job, and he called plays for the Cowboys. And you look at those secondaries, really from the Legion of Boom, which is the group that Richard coaches, so or coached, I should say. And obviously, to really get those guys to that level, like one of the best secondaries of all time, he had at least some part to do with it. And he also obviously helped target that talent. Like he was able to target Richard Sherman and make, you know, I think help make him that great all pro player. He helped progress a guy like Byron Maxwell, who wasn't good outside of Seattle. Same with guys like Brandon Brown, or we know him from the Saints and that disaster, but he was good with the Seahawks. So, I mean, all those guys and, you know, the Earl Thomases of the world and just everybody. He obviously had a big part of doing that. He was the position coach and he went on then to be the coordinator of the Seahawks. And you just look at those passing defenses. They were great. I mean, the lowest they they were were 13th. 13th like to me if I mean if the Saints are around 13th every single year I mean especially like the Saints would have 
died for 13th when Breeze was in his prime and in those, you know, 2013, uh, 2014, I should say, 2015 seasons, 2016 seasons, um, I think the Saints would have definitely loved to have the 13th best, uh, you know, pass defense. And I feel like they, they did great this year. And I feel like Richard could definitely help them continue to reach their potential. I think he can help keep Marshawn Lattimore, keep um, a guy like Marcus Williams. And, like, you have a lot of star power on that back end. And now you have a great coach to basically coach up these guys and be able to help develop them even further. I mean, I really like this hire. And again, the Saints' ability to get some really good coaches and bring them, lure them into New Orleans, that's really can't be understated. And that's something that's really important. Like Richard said, he wanted he held out of the 2020 season. He didn't want he didn't coach in the 2020 season because he wanted a defensive coordinator's job and he actually interviewed for the Packers job, but he ended up coming to the Saints. So there must have been a reason for that, and maybe it's keeping this group together, and he wants to be a part of that, or maybe it's to get new talent. I mean, again, I think the Saints secondary it may be the key to the team now. It's definitely key to the defense, in my opinion, especially with Trey Hendrickson maybe leaving the Saints. I think this defense, this uh, secondary, I should say, has to step up, and I think they definitely could under Rashard. So I think that's a great hire. I think it's a great replacement of Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn was a great coach. I think Rashard actually may be even a little better, or at least the same, and Again, the Saints' ability to, after coaches leave, can replace them with very qualified coaches. And, you know, whether it be a Richard or a guy like Michael Hodges, who is kind of a guy that's um, going up the ranks very quickly in the coaching realm, or you bring, you keep a guy like Ryan Nielsen, Dan Campbell, bring him in. He was the interim head coach of the Dolphins, and then he became your tight ends coach. Like, that's obviously, you see it there. You see Joe Lombardi. He came back to the Saints after having a offensive coordinator's job. Dennis Allen was first um, a, a position coach, and then he was promoted to the defensive coordinator's coach after being a head coach uh, after being a head coach of the uh, Raiders. So obviously, having that coaching talent is just so so big, and that really helps you, you know, draft well. It helps you progress guys that are already here, and it helps you retain guys too. Having these great coaches is obviously a huge part of that. So to me, that's just really big and. It'll be interesting to see how Richard could coach a guy like Lattimore, who we've seen is a little inconsistent at times. Nick Underhill brought it up and Kevin Washington on the NOLA Dot Football podcast, which is 100% amazing. Guys, definitely check it out if you haven't already. They were talking about that, so definitely check that out if you want more on that talk, like what Lattimore will do um, with Richard, because I think that's interesting as well with a different coach. Will he be more consistent and be like that all-pro player more often than not? I mean, if he can, I think that's just a huge hire and could be the most impactful move that the Saints have just because if you can get Lattimore playing at that all-pro level 24-7, I mean, it's really good luck to opposing offenses because you have that, you know, Darrell Revis, Revis Island type player with Lattimore. And again, that's huge for a defense. Just take a side of the field and, okay, that's Lattimore's and he's going to shut it down. If you can do that every game, it's going to be tough for offenses to move the ball consistently. So, obviously, that will be really important. And in keeping a guy like Marcus Williams and Janoris Jenkins, like all that stuff, Richard um, is going to be a big part of that. So, I think that is a good hire here. And, again, the Saints' ability to replenish coaching talent has really been unmatched over the last few years. And that's just to be really, really big. So, again, that was the big news here up until today for the Saints. And then Sean Payton went on to media row here for the Super Bowl week, obviously virtually, but he went his went on his media trip here and went through to a few spots. I mean, NFL Network was really the main one on Good Morning Football, and he talks about Jameis Winston and 
a very nice light and a very positive matter here. And we'll just get right into the quote here, just what Sean Payton said here directly on Good Morning Football. So this is just a part of his quote. He said, we had a great exposure for one year with Jameis Winston. I really like what we had a chance to see. He was a tremendous leader for this team, and that's hard to do when you come in new in free agency your first year as a backup quarterback. Him, along with Taysom Hill, who's in the building, we've said it all along. We're going to develop and coach these guys, and Jameis is one of those guys we have big interest in. And again, that again is a lot of positive things about Jameis Winston. We know the Saints definitely want to re-sign him, and I, I think that when you're looking at this Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill prospect, I think it's very, very high. And I, I think that Jameis Winston actually has a good chance to win this uh, this battle with Taysom Hill, I mean, it's going to be very interesting because you want to see how both guys progress. And I, I think that's the biggest thing. What are you getting out of a 2021 Taysom Hill, a Taysom Hill that's different than 2020 Taysom Hill? What are you getting of 2021 Jameis Winston that's different than the 2019 Jameis Winston that we saw with Tampa Bay? It's going to be very, very interesting to see what happens. But again, I feel like Jameis is a guy, if you can get the most potential out of him, he's a guy that can win you a Super Bowl. He's got all the talent in the world. He's got all that untapped potential. You just have to get into that. And I think that Sean Payton could. I really, really do believe that. And that's why I want to see him out here in 2021 as the starter. I think that he can prove a lot of people wrong. And again, I at least want to see that. You know, maybe I'm wrong and I'm like, he won't be good. And I just feel like him and Sean Payton, he's got a ton of talent. Former first overall pick. I mean, that's just too much there when you're looking at Jameis Winston. And I actually wrote an article on Saints News Network about comparing him and his fourth and fifth year to Matthew Stafford and his fourth and fifth year. And it's very, very similar. I mean, maybe you want to say Stafford's a little better, but it's very close. And Stafford was able to bloom into, you know, right around top 10 QB. Maybe he's top 12, top 13, but you get what I'm saying. He's right there, and he could definitely win you a Super Bowl, in my opinion. And we're talking about how the Saints may have acquired Stafford, or a lot of fans wanted them to acquire Stafford. Now, obviously, he goes to the Rams here, and they pull off a trade, and they give up two first-round picks, and Jared Goff, and all of that stuff. And the Saints really don't have to give anything up for Jameis Winston besides probably like a $10 million contract or $9 million contract, most likely. And I, to me, I, I just feel like Winston's that guy right now that if he progresses, and maybe he doesn't progress like uh, Matthew Stafford did. And again, that may not be true. He may not be on that same progression. But he's got all the tools just like Stafford did. And then they brought in Jim Caldwell. Um, Joe Lombardi was also there for a few years. And then you saw those next four years. So you go from that fourth and fifth year to the sixth, seventh, eighth, and ninth years for Matthew Stafford, and they were really, really good. He took that next step. And look, the Lions won games. They were 11-5 and five one year. They were 9-7 and seven two years. And that was not a good team. And it wasn't with, to me, a Sean Payton-type coach. I think Jim Caldwell's a good coach, but he's not a Sean Payton-type coach. Joe Lombardi, we know he's not as good as Sean Payton. Like, we all know that. And again, what will Winston do with better coaching and, to me, a same amount of tools I think it's definitely really intriguing. So I just wanted to say that. And I feel like right now what the Saints are doing with Winston and Hale, I, I do think that both these guys just have a ton of potential. And you're just hoping that one of them are able to tap into that and bloom and blossom into you know a franchise QB. And, and I think there's a chance that happens. And to me, a, a pretty good chance that happens. And that's why you're going to take 2021 to evaluate these guys and see what they really have. And they have enough talent that they should be, or one of the two should be the starter in 2021. And maybe even if you draft a, a player, maybe it's a Mac Jones type, maybe it's a 
Kyle Trask type. I mean, I still do believe that your starter in 2021 is going to be Winston or Hill. And you just saw, like, the Saints didn't even go into a Stafford trade. They didn't even look into it because that's how high they are on Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. And, again, I feel like it's probably leaning towards Winston getting the job in 2021, but I wouldn't count Taysom Hill and what Sean Payton loves about Taysom Hill. Like, we know that. So I think we'll be one of those two guys at the end of the day starting in September of 2021. But, I mean, and I think that's definitely justified. That's just what it is. These guys have too much talent. But that's just what I was thinking. And, again, I just wanted to say that news because Sean Payton is being very vocal about his interest in Jameis Winston, just like he was last year with Taysom Hill. And the Saints got the extension for Taysom Hill. And I think they're going to be able to re-sign Jameis Winston unless some team blows them out of the water. But, I mean, why would a team, really not seeing his 2020 progression, like why would they give him a big contract? Because in my mind, even like a Teddy Bridgewater situation where he went back to the Saints for like one year, $8 million, and he could have got like a 12 or $13 million deal to start for Miami, being that like Ryan Fitzpatrick role for Miami. Yeah, he turned them down to go back to the Saints, and Breeze was still even there. So, I mean, if the Saints had a one-year, one $9 million deal on the table for Winston, I think he'd take that knowing he can win this starting job with an amazing coach, and then he can play that off and parlay that to a big contract rather than go to a team like the Lions or something where it's a bad situation and you're probably going to lose a lot of games and you're on this uphill climb. And, yes, you get paid $4 million more million, but in the long run, you know, that – investment you made like with a year in new orleans it's going to be diminished because look if winston fails at this time starting whoever he ends up starting with the saints or another team is probably done for him like he's probably never going to be a starter again so he has to really cash in on this opportunity and if that means taking a pay cut now to cash in later that's what i would do but again and obviously you trust yourself to do that we all know winston does so to me that's just the biggest thing and Again, that's why I think the Saints are going to do, and I think Winston ends up coming back to the Saints with around nine, $10 million deal. That's just what I think is going to happen. So with that being said, we are going to wrap up our news segment. Definitely very interesting to what uh, Sean Payton said, to the coaching hire, all that stuff. And I feel like with all the Saints news, it's going to be revolving around the quarterbacks, really, until we get the solidified answer of what the Saints will do in 2021 here. And again, it should definitely be very interesting We are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk all about this Saints offensive line. You are listening to the Who Dat Discussion podcast. Welcome back into the Who Dat Discussion. And now we're going to get into our group recap here of the 2020 season for the offensive line. And definitely to me, a group that is very deep for the Saints, and you have a lot of young talent there. You have some really solid tackles, and then also, you know, your guards are young, and I think they're getting better, center, same thing. And you have a lot of returning players, which I think is really important. You look at this offense, and to me, you're just looking at two players that probably won't return. That's going to be Jared Cook and Nick Easton, and obviously Drew Brees. But for that new quarterback, he should have most of the team in place on offense. I think that is huge. And if your quarterback is Winston or Hill, they've been in the building already for at least a year. So again, I I do feel like this Saints offense isn't going to have a continuity problem from year to year, even when you're without Drew Brees. Now, obviously, there's going to be that transition period, but I don't think it's going to be as long just because you have a lot of the same guys here in the building. And I don't see them like building upon 
this offense. I think they're going to get their quarterback. They're going to retain a lot of their pieces. But I don't see them going out and getting like another star player. Like this is probably going to be it. Maybe you draft someone. Maybe you get like I was saying at tight end. Maybe like a Trey Burton type. But that's more of a role player, and it's not like a star player. Like I do think that the core is there, and that's the same thing for the offensive line. So I think we're just going to jump right into it. Starting off with Taron Armstead, the left tackle, and he had one of his best seasons this year. I mean, maybe his best, especially towards the end of the season. He was just playing money, and he was able to stay healthy for most of the season, which is just really big. Played 14 games. Missed two games due to COVID, but again, I feel like for the most part, he was able to stay healthy, play 14 games, and when he was in there, he played very outstanding, and I, I feel like that's just, it's huge to keep him healthy and keep him playing, you know, 14, 15 games, 16 games, like that's what he's been doing the last few years, and it's to me very, very important. So again, I, I think that's, when you're talking about Taron Armstead, health is the biggest thing, and he had that for the most part in this season besides testing positive for COVID. But again, I thought he played outstanding. I mean, there were some games where he was looking like the best player in football. You know, I think that's what some people were saying. Like, that's how good he was playing. Like, he was one of the best tackles here in football. And again, you look how outside of David Bakhtiari, I think he, especially towards that stretch of the season, that last stretch, he was playing like, to me, the best left tackle in football, which is just so, so big. And for him, I... I, I do think that he's going to come back here and should be a lead again next year. There's really nothing holding him back. He's going to be 30, but I think he'll be able to play for a long time here in this league, and I think the Saints will end up extending him to another contract and probably a big one. He deserves it, and he is you know, a team leader as well. And again, I, I do think that his impact on this team is just so, so big, and that's why you do pay left tackles a lot. And on top of that, he's a great left tackle, but he's also a leader too, and Again, I think Armstead is a huge piece to this offense. And moving over to left guard with Andrews Pete. Now, it's a different player than Armstead. Everyone loves Tyron Armstead. He's so good, elite player, great in the locker room, all that stuff. Then you have Andrews Pete, who's just so divisive you know, in Saints fans' minds. And, you know, you see the plays where he falls over, and then you see the plays where he, you know, makes other players fall over. And just when he pumbles people into the ground, like, again, like you have those games, and then you have the bad games. But, uh, I mean... You look at Pete, I thought that he had a pretty solid season. He had his best PFF grade since 2017, so that's good when you're looking at Pete. And he's a guy that played pretty solid in the playoffs. He had a 75 grade uh, in that uh, Bucks game, so that was good. It was one of the, the best offensive grades. So, I mean, he was able to do well there in the in that playoff game. But, again, I feel like overall, Pete, you saw the up and down still. It's not like he was that consistent like up to that elite level but he was good he was a pro bowl player and he deserved to it and he was more consistent than usual that's why he had his best pff season since 2017 because he was way way more consistent and i think as he gets older that consistency is going to grow and to me i I think that's really big i I do think he's a pro bowl left guard in this league because i mean that his best plays are just so so good and if you could just be consistent and look you, you mitigate the bad plays we talk about that always with pete and he did that this season better than the last two. So, again, that was a progression for Pete. And to give him that big contract, he'll be coming back. He'll be part of this team for a long time. I do think that he deserves it. And I think the Saints should bring him back. I mean, that's just how I'm feeling. I think that he was good. And, I mean, you look in the playoffs, I thought he was good in the playoffs too. I mean, just, you know, I feel like he did enough. And, again, he wasn't really the problem in the playoffs. I mean, the, the, the up-the-middle pressure was an issue in, in in some places, but it really wasn't Pete. It was more other guys. So I, I thought he played well. 
So, I mean, give it to Pete. I thought he played well. He'd be coming back next season. And you get a Pro Bowl left guard. That's obviously really important. And I think making the Pro Bowl this year is even more impressive because you don't have the fill-ins. Like, usually every year because of the Super Bowl and guys are hurt, you always have the fill-ins. This year, because the game wasn't actually played, you don't have those fill-ins. So it was just the original roster. He made that. So kudos to him. And he played really well in this one. And I really hope to see him continue to progress. And I think as he you know, gets older and gets, you know, the game under his feet even more, I think he'll get even more consistent, which will make him a better player. So I do think that is really big when looking at Pete. And the big question mark with Pete, it's not that he's coming back, is that do you restructure his contract? And that would be really big here for the Saints to open up cap space. And you think you can open up a good amount of cap space if you restructure Pete, but then you would be pushing some guaranteed money down the line, which I think the Saints set up his contract a little bit so they weren't giving him a ton of guaranteed money just in case the contract didn't work out and they were to cut him. They didn't want to have those big dead money uh, you know, amounts in their cap space three, four years down the line. But I think just the cap situation the Saints are in, I would restructure Pete's deal now and then you open up um, some nice space in 2021 in this offseason. And I think he's playing good enough that you probably want a Pro Bowl left guard for four or five years. And I, I would take that risk with pushing his guaranteed money a little more down the line and bringing him back here at a lower cap number this season in 2021. So that, that's just what I'm looking at with Pete. And again, I, I, I do think that he's a net positive player for the Saints. And, you know, I know everyone's going to talk about the bad plays and all that stuff. But again, you have to look at all the good plays too. Like you have to highlight those. Like if you don't, it's not really fair. But uh, that's just kind of what it was here for Pete. Moving over to the center position with Eric McCoy. I thought McCoy played well. He played really good at the beginning of the season and then kind of fell into a lull in the middle. But then he started playing really strong by the end of the season. And again, it was so it was like a tale of three-thirds of the season. You had the really nice start, then the lull in the middle, and then a really nice ending. But for the most part, I thought he played well. He continued his progression. I think that you may, you may have saw a little less production from last year because you didn't have as steadiness in the middle. Like you had um, some moving parts with, I mean, Pete got hurt, I think, for one or two games. And you had Cesar Ruiz and Nick Easton kind of swapping in and out due to injuries and play and all that stuff. So, again, that was really difficult, I think, for McCoy to have a lot of moving pieces around him. But I think for the most part, he did play well. Not a lot of miscommunications from the center position. But I would move him to right guard. I think he could make that transition to right guard this year. And he's played right guard well in the past in college. And when you look at Cesar Ruiz, did not play right guard in well in the in the pros or in college. So that center he played outstanding in college. They should make that transition now. I think it's a perfect time to do that. You'll have a little more of a normal offseason. Even if it's like the same protocols as last se- last offseason, at least you did it before. So it's a little more familiar. And I, I do think that when you look at Ruiz, it's a perfect time. A new quarterback, so you're able to build that repertoire from scratch. It's not like, oh, Brees has to build it in his last year with a new player. I don't think that's the case. And again, I think it's a perfect time to make that switch. I think you do. And I think McCoy may even play better as a right guard because a little less, um, you know, you, you have a little less responsibilities as a center or as a guard, excuse me, as a right guard. And, um, you know, when comparing it to center and you got to do a lot of things as a center, obviously you're snapping the ball, but you're calling out different defensive looks and stuff like that um, on the defensive line. So Again, like there's a little more added stuff to that, but it seems like when you look at Cesar Ruiz, he's better at it. So for whatever reason, I mean, if McCoy's going to be the same player as a center to right guard, which is a really solid player, a really good player, you look at a guy like um, Ruiz, if he's able to elevate his game as a center, then you do that. And that's just kind of the case where you're looking at, and that's something 
that I do. Moving over to right guard, we're going to start off with the rookie, Cesar Ruiz. We were just talking about him as he may move to center here this offseason. And as a right guard, he was pretty up and down through the whole season. Played some games, didn't play some other ones, and it was just up and down. You saw some great performances, like against the Vikings, he had a great game. Um, one of those Falcons games, he's played well. Against the, the, the Panthers, he played well. And then you just see some, you know, some downplay. I mean, maybe that's also because the injury in training camp missed the first game of the season as a rookie coming in this unprecedented offseason. Maybe that had something to do with it, but it wasn't pretty in a lot of these games. It wasn't really pretty in the playoffs. It wasn't pretty for the most part throughout the season when he had a chance to start, when either Easton was out or, you know, whatever the case was there with, um, with Ruiz. And again, I feel like just moving him to center would be the best. I do think that because you look at his college stats and, you know, his college productivity was from the center position where he was the best. And as a right guard, he wasn't up there. And you just want to see him do that. And, you know, you just want to see him be that center. I think that's where he progresses in the future. And I, and I do think the Saints should move him there this offseason. I think it's a perfect time to do that. And really the thing with Ruiz, he had some really nice, you know, in the screen pass, did pretty nice. He was better run blocker, able to get out in space. I think he fits that zone running scheme perfectly. I just think that he was too up and down, way too up and down. And again, that was an area, it's a hole for the Saints, but you're going to have to just hope he gets better. And there's really nothing you can do at this point. And I think the big theme of the 2021 Saints is going to be relying on first round picks. And that has to do with the cap situation and losing some veteran players. You're probably going to lose Nick Easton, who was filling in admirably when Ruiz wasn't playing well or whatever the case was last season. It's the same with defensive end. You're going to have to lean on Marcus Davenport. You're going to have to lean on, you know, your first-round picks that did work out with Ramtech and Lattimore. And I think that's just going to be the theme of this team. If, if they're going to be really good, you're going to see a big progression from Davenport and a big progression from Cesar Ruiz. And I think with Ruiz, it can happen. I, I really do believe that. Maybe you bring in some other depth. But I feel like right now, I think Ruiz is a guy. He's a ton of talent, and he just has to grow and get better. And I think he will. And I think that is next season. And I'm confident to see what for him to get better. And I just want to see what he's able to do. I would move him over to center. That's just what I would do here. You saw more consistent playing college out of the center position. And I feel like he's a guy. He fits your scheme well. And look, he was the, the best interior guard all of last season. Or in that draft last season. Um, the 2020 draft. I mean, obviously not in the in the NFL. But that coming out of college as a prospect. He was the best interior prospect of 2021. And I think he will show that. And it's usually a, a safe position for the Saints to draft at. They usually hit on them. You, you hit on McCoy. You hit on Pete. So, again, I, I feel like the Saints coming up here, I do think they'll hit on McCoy. Or, excuse me, they'll hit on Ruiz. And, again, I, I feel like that's going to be um, big for the Saints if Ruiz has a nice year. It kind of looks like McCoy. I, I mean, if he's playing at that McCoy level, this Saints offensive line is just outstanding. And then, you know, you move over to your right tackle with Ramchek and just how good he is, and you're going to extend to him. I mean, that five of Armstead, Pete, McCoy, or Ruiz, and then you just flip-flop them however you want. And then Ramchek, a lot of young players, and, you know, you have a few of them on rookie deals, but you're kind of getting to that second contract with some of these guys like Ramchek, like Pete, and then also now with Armstead now going to his third contract um, in all likelihood with the Saints and Again, you have a great offensive line where you see the caliber for three, four guys making a Pro Bowl. And that's what Super Bowl teams do. They have their offensive lines playing really well. And I think that's the case for this Saints team. And you're looking at Ramchek, just how good he's been. I mean, he is just been the model of consistency since he came into the league in 2017. He's been amazing every single year. 
And again, I think that will continue next year. And I think the Saints will extend him. And I think they need to extend him. And he's a guy, like, even if you're thinking, oh, we're not going to contend 2021, which I don't think the Saints are thinking. Like, I think the Saints feel like they could win a Super Bowl in 2021, wherever the quarterback may be. And I, I feel like Ramchek's that guy you extend no matter what because he's going to be a pillar to your team. That's just kind of the case of what it's going to be. So, again, that's really what it was with Ramchek. And then moving over to the depth here with Easton, who I thought had a really good season, better than his 2019 season with the Saints. And it was actually his best PFF grade of his whole career. So that was good to see from him. I thought he had some really solid games. He was a guy that just was the model of consistency, I felt, for the Saints. You never felt like he was playing bad. And, you know, he had multiple concussions this season, so we don't know what he's going to do going forward. And even if he is healthy next season, I don't know if the Saints would keep him just because he's getting expensive $7 million for, you know, a guy like of Easton's uh, uh, play. I don't really know if that's worth it. I don't think the Saints can really afford it. I think that's kind of the main thing there. We're going to see what happens with him, and he's definitely a guy that, look, he plays multiple positions. He'd be very valuable if you can keep him. But I don't know how it's going to happen. Maybe you'd have to extend him or something, and I don't think the Saints would do that. So, again, I really feel like Easton's on his way out. And, again, you feel like you have to be able to um, replace him. And Nick Underhill talks about this a lot with the middle class, replacing the middle class and how important that is. And Easton's one of those guys where he steps up and he plays well when guys are out, and he's a really good backup. He's versatile. You're going to have to replace a guy like that, maybe. I mean, in all likelihood, yes. And maybe it's a guy like James Hurst, who I think could do similar things. I think he had a pretty good season. But regardless, I feel like that's going to be so, so big for the Saints to bring in, you know, those average players that can step up and be a veteran presence when need be. And Easton was one of those guys. And I feel like, look, if he doesn't come back, the Saints will have to replace him. But, uh, look, I don't think it's a huge loss. And I think it's a loss the Saints can't replace for sure, whether it be a rookie, whether it be someone that's on their roster right now, like a James Hurst type guy that they can resign. And, or maybe it's someone else in free agency that they can pick out, um, you know, for you know a nice bargain signing. But that's just kind of what I think here for this sixth man, which that's what Easton was, and he filled in really nicely in a lot of different areas. But just seven million dollars to me is just not worth it. So again, that's just kind of what it was here from uh, Easton. And then moving over to James Hurst, he's the last guy I want to talk about because he had some starts here for the Saints. He was coming off a of suspension, but again, he's a guy that can play every position. You know, he could play guard and he could play tackle, which is just so, so important. Another guy that had his best PFF grade here of his career with the Saints. I think that's just so important. And I think he's a guy that, look, he can fill in and do a lot of great things. I think the Saints should bring him back. I mean, I feel like the Saints will bring him back. He does. I mean, you have a guy that can play tackle. You have a guy that can play guard. Those those type of um, offensive linemen are not um, found very often. And, look, he doesn't play them, like, to an elite level, but he plays them at a pretty solid level and a player that can fill in in a lot of different areas. I think it's going to be really important for the Saints to bring him back because, as we said, the middle class, maybe you see Hurst, the guy that can replace an Easton. And, again, I feel like he does return to the Saints probably for not a lot, and I feel like he can be a bargain re-signing for the Saints. That could be very important in case for injuries. And, again, I think he's a guy I do want to highlight because he played well this season, had a lot of good games and relief, and, again, he was able to do – a lot of good stuff. So, again, I think he's a great depth piece, and I hope the Saints do bring him back. And they probably will add two either in a free agency or maybe in the draft two. And, like, when I look at the Saints draft selections, I believe they have they have the first, they have the second, and they should have two third-rounders and a fourth. And when you look at those picks, to me, I think the Saints are going to pick up front, either defense or offensive line. They always do that, especially first round. And 
I mean, we'll see. Maybe the Saints would go offensive line again and just stack up on it. It's really important to have a good offensive line. We all know. I wouldn't get an offensive lineman in the first round, but I think maybe one of your third-round picks can be used on it just to have some depth there. But that's just kind of what I'm thinking there here for this offensive line. But overall, I think looking to 2021, you have four of your spots all set up. Like, And four of those players are going to be either really good or elite. Like you're looking at from Ramchek and Armstead, to, to me, Pete, who's good, not great, but he's good, he's solid. And then you have McCoy, who's also good, solid. I think he may be a little better than Pete, but I still think he's good. And you, you wouldn't say he's elite, but he's getting there and he's progressing. And I feel like he's going to end up, his potential will be higher than Pete's. But when you're looking at those four spots, those are going to be your four guys. And then your fifth guy, I, I think everyone thinks Ruiz will get better. It's just how much will he get better and... I think he's going to be at that starter level, solidified in there in 2021. And then you bring back a guy like Hurst, or maybe you keep Easton to be your sixth man, and then you're kind of set. Then you can fill out um, some other guys. Maybe you get a draft pick. Maybe you keep guys that, you know, in the interior, like Will Clapp and stuff like that, um, Ethan Greenish, like those type of guys. But I do think the Saints group is pretty nicely made here for 2021, and it's somewhere that I'm not worried about. This offense, you're not worried about keeping them together besides your quarterback. Like, you're going to be set up. And as I said earlier in this episode, I said it last episode too, you have a ton of weapons. And, like, if they stay healthy, like, this season, the wide receivers, they just, I mean, everyone got hurt. Like, everybody got hurt. So you're hoping that you're seeing Michael Thomas come back. He plays well, and he has a full season. That's going to elevate your group so, so much. And then, you know, you're hoping that Emmanuel Sanders plays a lot of the season. You're hoping Deontay Harris doesn't get hurt. Like, all those things happen. And you should have a really good group. And, like, that's something I'm actually confident going into, like, I think this Saints skill position group is set up. I think the offensive line is set up. You have all the pieces there, all pretty young pieces too, going into their prime. And then it's just figuring out that quarterback position. But again, I feel like this offense, even if you just have a competent quarterback there, like even if they had Taysom Hill in there, I think this team goes 10-6. And I think Jameis Winston, if he hits his full potential, it could be a lot better than 10-6. But again, you're hoping that you know if you're bringing in a competent starting QB, this team could make the playoffs. And I definitely think it could here. And I think if you have an above-average QB, a top-10 QB, you know, maybe a top-12 QB, you see them go deep into the playoffs. I really do believe that. And, again, I think this offense is is going to be very solid next season. I think the area you worry about is defense just because you don't know who's coming back and who isn't. And I feel like that could be a problem. You're going to see some holes there. But we'll talk about that next episode when we talk about here our defensive line will get all into the Trey Hendrickson stuff and is Cam Jordan regressing and all that stuff. We'll get into that next episode. But I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this episode of the Hudax discussion. If you like what we're doing here, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. That means on Twitter at the Hudax this on Instagram at Hudax discussion. And then also you can listen to the Hudax discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. That means iTunes, Google play, Spotify. We are on all of those sites. So definitely a very interesting episode. Got to talk about what the coaches were saying and the coaching hire for the Saints and all that interesting stuff with Jameis Winston. And then also we got to really dive into this offensive line, which doesn't always get the love and doesn't really get a full segment. And I think they should because they're really the bedrock of this team. They're the foundation of this team. And I am excited to see this group play. Same with skill position. I really do think these two groups are very good for the Saints. And barring injury, they should be really good in 2021. So I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening, turn it loose, and who dat?